Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Better never rest. What is up? Good Thursday morning. It is the Georgia Show. I'm Jake Rowe. He's Rusty Mansell, and we're from Dogs HQ. Got a full show today. We're going to talk about uh, big recruiting weekend coming up for the Bulldogs. Uh, quite a few names on that list Rusty put out over at Dogs HQ this morning. Uh, not going to share that whole list. Not going to share everything that was in that story, but that was one of the one of the more informative uh, pieces I've read over at our site in, in the past couple weeks. Um, we have dogs at the Senior Bowl down in Mobile, some some making noise. Um, you know, uh, not just Lab McConkie, who made a lot of noise on day one, wasn't uh, – day two was a little different, but, but you know, other names. We're going to get into them. And then uh, we're going to continue our look ahead at Georgia's 2024 schedule with a look at Georgia at Kentucky. And a familiar face Georgia's going to see there, a couple of familiar faces, actually, and, uh, and, and maybe get into that. But, Rusty, let's talk about this uh, – Let's talk about this weekend. Um, it's the last weekend before the dead period. Dead period begins at midnight or 12 a.m. on Monday morning, basically, I guess is what it technically is. So um, what do you think tomorrow, the what do you think the philosophy is behind loading it up this weekend? Uh, first and last. So Kirby does the first weekend, which was mid-January. Uh, it's open. It gets them on, and they do, you know, 15 or 20 kids. And then they spend the next three weeks 
trying to make sure that the ones that didn't make it there that weekend come to this one and they try to do two junior days, um, kind of quote unquote junior days during that time frame. And, um, you know, it's worked well for them. It's been some good visits, got some high level targets. Um, I'm, I'm really close to, to putting a, another five star out, uh, that I expect in Athens, but I want a hundred percent confirm it. So that's why I left it off the list this morning and we'll see if that, uh, see what I hear tomorrow. Um, you know, and I'm, I'll go ahead and say it, um, you know, that's um, on our board now. Uh, big in-home visit tonight. Uh, Kirby Smart will be in Texas uh, with, with Terry Bussey, the five-star Texas A&M commit. And that, that, uh, that's kind of big to me because he was at LSU yesterday. I think he's at LSU this morning maybe, and he's coming home. And George is going to get a chance to see him and talk to him tonight and, you know, Again, not saying that George is getting him, but but it shows you there's some legit stuff going on there to to pique your interest, you know. And for Kirby Smart to go out to Texas tonight to do that in home, he and his staff had to feel like, hey, this is this is worth it, coach, to to fly out there and sit at home with this 2024 five star, the really the last high school kid uh, they're recruiting uh, as a scholarship player. Yeah, and uh, man, I tell you what, it, kind of sticking with that theme for a minute. Um, started watching a little bit of his film the other day, and uh, I, I like what you you know you've mentioned it before. Star nickel type guy is somebody yeah. that can help there. Um, yeah. He can help at safety too. You know he he's a compact body. Um, and you, I don't know, man. You just you never can have enough of those really good football players who have a lot have you know who can move, who can cover ground um, in the secondary. Uh, you know it's. It's kind of in that, you know, and I know that he's a lot more highly recruited than Javon Bullard, but he's kind of in that Javon Bullard frame slash mold um, there. And uh, you know, I, I hate to say anybody's better, but, uh, you know, just in terms of raw talent, um, seems like he's he's got a lot of it. Yeah, you, you like that he plays both ways. You like that he mm -hmm. wants to play both ways, you know what I mean? You know – does Georgia get them all? No, they don't. But I, I don't really uh, – if you're a Georgia fan, I don't really get too concerned on the defensive backs uh, because you got Kirby Smart. You got Will Muschamp, still a part of the staff. You got, uh, you know, Dante Williams now, and then you got um, Tavares Robs and T-Rob. You got, you got four guys that have, that have been highly, highly into defensive back evals and relationships and signing those guys. So – um, you know, I think Georgia, it would be a great thing to get him. It would be a great thing, but it's not life or death. Uh, but I do think that Georgia would love, love to add this one at the end of the, at the end of this, uh, at that position. Cause you gotta be tough to play it, man. Javon Bullard, uh, you know, and, and I, I did a radio interview just before I came on here. And if Javon Bullard doesn't get, if there's nothing sidetracks him, an injury or something like that, crazy. I mean, this guy can play eight or nine years in NFL because he can play all three phases of the game he's tough and he can tackle and that's mm -hmm. what uh, that, that's what makes him invaluable and that's kind of the appeal of nfl scouts that i talked to about georgia because they know they practice hard and they know that you know that's kind of their dna so you look at terry bussey and he kind of fits that dna you know what i mean like that guy is uh that guy um, would fit the mold for them if they can get him so uh, let's um, let's dig in just a little bit. Let's give folks a taste of kind of the, the type of prospects coming into town um, this weekend. And I, listen, I'll start off with the one that I'm most interested in. That's Zion Grady. 
um, kid out of Enterprise, Alabama, uh, spent last year at Troy. That's one of the names on the list. Uh, obviously, one of many, many names on the list. Um, really intrigued by that one. Decommitted from Alabama. Um, he's been to Georgia a few times, man, and and we know that that edge is going to be a spot for Georgia in this class. Uh, the one thing, you know, and, and, and kind of the discussions we have over at Dogs HQ sometimes over at the dog walk is uh, Georgia sent four coaches to his high school um, a few weeks ago. And uh, listen, Rusty, he, he he's a little he's a little on the thin side at like six three six four at this point. What do you think he stacks up on Georgia's board, and, and how interesting is that visit to you? Well, there's only so many of those body types that can bend and rush to pass yeah. or set the edge and all those things for Georgia. So uh, the fact that they put – it really and truthfully, what I like about this part of the year is if Kirby Smart or if Glenn Schumann or if Chidera or Dale McGee or any of those guys come by your school, then you're certainly on the board. And now how all that stuff shapes out, I don't know. Uh, but it tells you, it tells you like, hey, we're we're legit interested in you. And then they get you on these these kind of quote unquote um, you know, these these quote unquote uh junior days. And it kind of they get they don't they don't allow everybody on there. Um there was a I would say he's a highly rated kid. And this, his coach told me this week that Georgia said, Hey, we want you kind of come in maybe in the summer and work out for us. And this kid's got a ton of offers, ton yeah. of offers. But, but the, you know, it kind of tells you the positions are already, they've kind of got their board set at certain positions. And, and uh, you know, that's kind of how this thing flows for Georgia. But if you have you on campus this weekend, to have that, those amount of coaches there, and that's a premium position, man. I always say you can – the quarterback is the easy one to talk about. But, you know, left and right tackle, and we can quit saying just left tackle. Left yeah, and right, 100%. left, and right, left, so right, left and right tackle, so and then right. edge, edge rushers, or those are the premiums, man. Those, those and are quarterback, yeah, yeah, kind well, of two on offense and two on yeah. defense, yeah, kind of, kind of start separating. Here's the thing for Georgia too. I don't think people, uh, you know, in the in the middle of the field for Georgia, and it's always going to be a constant with Kirby Smart, Glenn Schumann, anybody that's calling the plays. The two inside backers and the two safeties have got to make so many calls. Uh, those guys have got to be – they got to be headhunters. They got to be athletic, but, man, they got to be smart. And that's, you know, I think that's the one thing that the normal fan doesn't get a chance to know about a guy like Malachi Starks that the NFL will, that he's been making all these checks and calls now. This will be his third year. This will be his final year at Georgia, which is crazy to say. Uh, not only is he a super freak athlete uh, that's going to test out of the waters, he's a high academic kid, but high football IQ uh, and those types of things. N'Kobe Dean, the questions was a couple of injuries and those types of things, but N'Kobe Dean was a 4.1 GPA kid at Georgia, graduated, whatever, he did, super fast, made all the calls. So, you know, the interior at Georgia is something those two safety those two safety and those two inside backers, man. I don't think that gets talked enough enough to, to know the the uh how smart you gotta be to play in that system. Got a question here from Uncle Glenn Hartley Laganza Hayward. No offer yet. Um would not shock me if he popped up in town this weekend. Um uh don't have not confirmed that one yet, but I heard a little buzz that he might try to be up this weekend. I do think he's got an invitation if he 
Uh, and, I don't, and I don't even know if it works like that, but I do know that they would like him to be there this weekend. Yeah. He's got some early offers. I like him. He's a two-way yeah. player and mm-hmm. um, you know, really good player. I think T-Rob went down and saw him uh, like a week ago. Um, so, you know, definitely from down there at the Toombs County area. Um, we'll talk you, about him a little bit on the board as well. 25 in Georgia. It just keeps getting better. Unbelievable. It keeps getting better and better and better. And and I don't want to just get crazy with it, but this 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 25 class in Georgia, this might be one of the best in, in a long, long time. There it, are so many athletes spread out across South Georgia in this class, Rusty. At multiple. Oh, yeah, kids showing up. You know, uh, I'm doing a camp this weekend in Valdosta and, yeah. uh, with Chad and at, at Lowndes High School. I can't wait to use that new 120-yard indoor they got. But uh, <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that crazy? 120-yard indoor. Um, but but we always – kids always pop up. You know what I mean? I, I'll never forget, um, you know, Malcolm Parrish, a kid just kind of popped up down there from Brooks County, you know, as a, as a ninth grader and – some of these kids we'll find down there this weekend. Um, Gabe Harris, kid at Georgia right now, uh, the defensive end from Thomas County. He was originally from Thomas County Central. We know we kind of found him as a ninth grader down there. So I, I'm excited uh, to this weekend. But South Georgia and um, and these guys are popping up everywhere. But you know, I heard about a corner yesterday in Metro Atlanta. I didn't know who he was, but man, he is he he, he is legit. And I'll put some stuff out on him later. Call Chad, text Chad about him. And uh, Chad checked with that coach. He's like, oh, yeah, Georgia, Alabama, everybody's on. This guy didn't have a profile. You know what I mean? So here's another corner in the state of Georgia in 2025 that's, that's popped up. And we haven't even got to camp season. You know what I mean? That's kind of where these yeah. guys – that's where these guys, uh, you know, these guys that uh, kind of pop up is camp season. We'll see a couple in a couple of weeks how that thing – you know, the kid he ended up at Georgia Tech, but Isaiah Cannon out of Warner Robins last year at Under Armour, yeah. you know, big 6'2 wide receiver. He had to play quarterback for a year because they didn't have a kid that got hurt. He goes to Under Armour camp, runs like 4'4'9, four, 4'4'8. Four, 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 and next thing you know, this dude's got 25 offers, you know, a week later. So, you know, in the month of February, we're going to start seeing some things like that pop up. Yeah, no doubt. And I, I've just been blown away, you know, as a South Georgia guy just in general. Um, you know, kids, obviously we knew about, you know, the kid over at Schley, the five-star kid. I mean, he's, he's a big time guy, but, you know, you see him pop up at Tombs and Jeff Davis and, um, you know, down in Hazelhurst, the coffee, coffee high school, Jaden Hancock, there's a guy made a profile for him yesterday. Um, you know, I mean, it's just, it's one right after the other. It seems like popping up and, and there's just so many athletes in the state in this 2025 class, 2026. I mean, you got Tyler Atkinson, Tweeting from being at the game last night with Kirby, um, you know you super freak. You know you yeah. you've talked spoken highly of him already. I'm this telling I'm you, telling you, man, this it's going to be fun to cover this state next couple classes. I can't get into 27 yet, but 25, 26 going to be a lot of fun. I tell you, and I'll, I'm going to change the subject just for a second, but you'll you'll get a kick out of this. So I had to turn my phone over because it was blowing up, and I'm like, oh god, is something going on here? So I had a couple of buddies that have you know nine, 10 year old, 11 year old sons. And they've been going to Kirby smart camp the last couple of years, which is really the last overnight camp, uh, youth camp in the country. It's a big deal. You know, they think they do like 500 kids and that type of thing, but they opened registration this morning at nine and the entire camp was sold out at nine Oh five. Wow. I think I know that's five or 600 kids. Like the camp sold out in five freaking minutes, man. 
processing that many payments that quick. I mean, hey, listen, stock Dude, up, stock up on on whatever Georgia does to process the payments. Uh, well, I tell you this, man, I, I've been there because I've got a friend that has a kid. I went one day to watch. I'm gonna tell you something, man. Kirby Smart is right in the middle of that thing. Like he is, is he? out there. Oh man, it is. He's not over there standing over there taking pictures and just kind of shaking hands with parents. I mean, this dude is in the darn DB drill with nine-year-old kids over there like, hey, drop your hips right here. You know, you know, and these kids are like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know what I mean? Like, they get into it, man, and they do these games, and the championship games are in Sanford. So can you imagine being a 10-year-old and playing the championship game in Sanford Stadium on a Saturday? <laughs> yeah. You couldn't tell that kid nothing on the way home, man. So – Kudos to that. Kudos to those people that are putting that camp on, man. And uh, and uh, what experience for those kids. That thing sold out in freaking five minutes. I got all kind of texts. Hey, can you get my kid in? Like, hey, man, <laughs> sorry. That's a that's a wrap. So, wow, crazy. Did you ever do any of those camps when you were young? So, we did. I did um, yeah, crazy. Sound. I, I would do the basketball camps. Okay. And, uh, so, I got into that. I got into the one-day basketball camp thing like in middle school and stuff like that and um we didn't have Durham, as much Hugh Durham was the head coach at the time or who Hugh Durham, Hugh Durham uh one of the best things I ever did and I'm not good glory day we did a thing called Chuck Miller team camp in Atlanta and it would be okay. like 100 teams and um and, and man it'd be like three days of just straight basketball all day long so I enjoyed that but football I think I went to two two of those camps, maybe one at Georgia. And those were back then you could do, you could do a one day. Some of those things were week long. It was just crazy how those things were. And, uh, but I will say this, I think Georgia, I think Georgia is the last one that does, um, overnight still, they'll do like three days overnight and the kids stay in the dorms and they have to, and all the coaches, high school coaches, college coaches, um, and the coach like, like Stacy Searles and, and Dale McGee, they're working this camp. You know, you're not, yeah. you're not, you're not getting a day off. And you know who the mayor of this camp? There's no doubt Andrew Smart rolls in there like damn Rick. <laughs> you know Andrew Smart rolls in there like Rick Flair with some smoke, and and uh, that's probably his Super Bowl for the for the year. But uh, yeah, kudos those guys putting those things on, man. That's that's incredible. Yeah, I went to Jim Donnie camp back in the day, and then if whoever won the the flag tournament, the touch tournament, had to play yeah. the coaches. Oh wow! And and hey, we've been and doing we, that now. Yeah, Chris, uh, I remember, uh, let's see, Chris Selfo and uh, Brad Lambert and some of those guys, oh, yeah. you know, it was, yeah. uh, I, I want to say Rodney Gardner was there at the time, too. A lot younger coach, a lot younger coach than Coach Gardner is now. Um, about, but that was fun. Me? But I tell you what, this may, this I ain't going to get into it like I would on Bark After Dark. We used to, we used to get quarter poker games going yeah. in the in the McWhorter dorms. And this old boy rolled through one time, Rusty. With a uh, everybody had their quarters in a sock. This old boy rolled through with a crown royal bag full of quarters. We knew we were done. Oh, we yeah, knew that was at 13 years old. He had a crown royal bag full of quarters. We were done. My man, my man Rodney Garner had four daughters and uh, has four daughters. And we want to give one more shot having a son one day, just having a son. <laughs> and my man had twin girls, twin <laughs> he's girls. He's got six daughters. So, yeah. Coach, Coach, oh, G, Coach G is going to be coaching until God knows when, man. Yeah, he's paying for weddings. All right. Mm. So, uh, all right, let's move on. Dogs in the Senior Bowl. Dogs yeah. in the Senior Bowl. So, Lab McConkie had a tremendous day one. Didn't hear much of at day two. Um, Marcus Rosemead, Jack Saint, Rusty, is the surprise for me, though. 
yeah. two really good days put together for him, man. Yeah, I think he's very solid. Um, I heard an NFL scout yesterday talking about this is the senior bowl now has become where you find that third through fifth round, third through sixth round type players. They'll sprinkle in some high level first rounders and some mid second, but the majority of this is the third through the sixth. And I'll, one thing I'll say off subject, I found it interesting. It used to be like the Steelers, the entire staff would coach one team and then say like the Seahawks, the entire staff would coach one team. Well, one year, I think the Seahawks drafted like five guys from the senior bowl and they used it to their advantage. So now it's no longer that they can't do that. It has to be separate guys from every staff have to be different coaches. So it was really, uh, really interesting. But yeah, I think Marcus Rosemey, the question is going to be what, how he runs. That's uh-huh. going to be that's going to be the question because I don't think the hands, I don't think the route run and body, he's tough. Uh, where he's going to end up is going to be how he how he tests, and that's just uh, it's going to be real interesting, you know, how he tests and you know, does someone you look at Puka and 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 what he did? And I I don't know if you've seen that clip of Sean McVay and the general manager trying to make the decision on him to pick him. And I believe it was a general man. Uh, the the lead scout goes, look, guys, he didn't test well. I don't care. On tape, he runs. He doesn't get caught in the game. And I thought that was a hell of a uh, eval for them. So, you know, with Marcus Rosemey, Jack Saint, what, how he runs will go determine how high he goes. But he will get drafted, and I, I do think he's going to be a productive NFL player. Yeah, I, I was reading a thing on him this morning where um, from day one and day two, I read both. Uh, there was uh, – uh, articles up with with kind of paragraphs on him from both days and uh one one's guy that was watching him um said that you know listen he showed a he showed a burst that i didn't know he had you know and yeah. uh, we kind of saw some of that in the kentucky game this past year where he caught a deep over route and and took it to the corner of the end zone it's a really nice play um he played a ton of snaps at georgia but was never really the number one or number two option you know if brock was on the field it was brock if lad was on the field it was lad um, you know, if Kenny Mac, the year he played with Kenny McIntosh, he, he wasn't back to full speed in 2021 after that nasty injury he had. Um, but I mean, you talk about some big catches. I mean, the touchdown against Tennessee in the back of the end zone, a couple of those he made against Tennessee this past year in Knoxville. Um, he's a really good player. And, and, you know, I, I think that honestly, I thought that, all right, you're, you're not going to bring both him and lad back, but you kind of hoped you know, for Georgia fans, maybe you could bring him back. I still think Georgia's going to be just fine at X. Um, but he he was there was a there was a point this season where I felt like there was a two or three game stretch there where he was Georgia's you know definitely number two weapon with Lab McConkey out, and he really helped pick up the slack there early in the year. Um, I'm interested to see what kind of pro he makes. Um, somebody compared him to the. Uh, to the Wicks kid that went to uh, the went to Green Bay that had a really good year. Um, I can't remember his first name, but he ended up having a good year. Um, you know, it could be a guy that right now is maybe climbing himself out of uh, you know out of the you know maybe fifth, sixth, seventh round into the third, fourth you know round type deal. And the amount of money you make, the the difference in money between those is pretty you know significant. Also saw where John, Javon Bullard had a really good second day, and it was almost rusty. It's interesting you mentioned that about Puka Nakua. Because um, that was almost what what I, the article I was reading was saying was like, hey, listen, you know, you you watch one on ones or, or or you know drill work and stuff like that, and you know guys beat him and they kind of run by him a little bit, but then you put him in a, you put him in, in football playing 
position. Yeah. And he makes plays, kind of compared him to Brian Branch, who had a fantastic rookie year. Anticipation. Um, he's not going to test as well as Brian Branch, um, but he is very similar. And I go back to, I think I mentioned it on Dogs HQ. I think I mentioned it here. Um, I talked to some of the Ole Miss, some some guys that were at Ole Miss, now or not, but some guys that were at Ole Miss. And after playing Georgia, and, and one thing was kind of constant from them was, Man, those damn defensive backs, they don't miss tackles. And 22, don't miss a tackle. So those things are invaluable. You know, when you – we could get in that – we could get in that football nerd side, you know, but when you got one man and they run that wide zone in the NFL like crazy, and when you got one man unblocked, it's usually that safety. He has to come up and make that tackle. Uh, that's invaluable to have someone like Javon Bullard uh, to do it. Man, I I would to love to put him in Atlanta with Jesse Bates. And and um, have someone like work around someone like that, and and uh, just just be physical, kind of can cover. But you know, I don't use the word. A lot of people do, uh, but I don't know a better way to describe him. You start talking about someone that has that dog in him, like this guy loves freaking football, man. He loves it, and and um, I think you saw what he did at Georgia, and, and I think he's going to be a hell of. If he stays healthy, because he'll play all three downs he will play special teams all three phases can tackle just hard to find those guys that stick their face up in there against a run from the secondary and you have to run support in the nfl if i can watch you play football and 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 get the impression the strong impression oh my god he loves football then that says a lot to me about a player like that i don't see that very often i i don't i mean i don't feel like i see it a whole lot but when I yeah. watch when I watch Javon Bullard, I do, and I'm not sitting here saying he's a perfect prospect. Like I think he probably struggled more at star in 2022 than than Georgia fans will remember because he was so dang good in those big games. Yeah. Um, but but man, he's he's such a good football player. And you mentioned that wide zone safety coming up, and make tack making tackles. The thing that makes Javon Bullard so great at that is he wants to do it every time. Yeah, he like, wants. There are some yeah. there are some yeah. guys that are kind of like ah, I don't know if I want to do it this time or against this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Javon just wants to do it every time, and that's just I the way see, I see it. I see it in NFL right now. I see guys that make that business decision. Like I'm not, I'm not going to put my helmet into that thigh. You know, yeah. I'll jump on his back and try to ride him down. But to <laughs> square somebody up, those are hard to find, and that's where yeah, if I can't cut him down, I'm you know, that's, it's like, that's where Javon Bullock's going to make his make yeah. his hay. So I, I think he, I think he definitely. Um, I, I don't have concerns. I don't think too much with his testing. Uh, I think he'll he'll hold his own there. He's not going to blow everybody away, but I think he's going to be. Uh, I think that the tape is going to pe- people fall in love with him more. All right, looking ahead, Rusty. Looking ahead to uh, to the twenty twenty four season. Um, we're not going in depth on these or anything like that, but we are just kind of lightly discussing them. Georgia at Kentucky. Um, first of all, it's first time I will have had a chance to go to Lexington, Kentucky before the month of November ever. Um, so that'll be fun. Um, but, um, a couple of familiar faces. That's the storyline for me is, uh, Brock Vandegrift, maybe the starting quarterback, um, J- Jamon Dumas Johnson, um, a couple of two-time national championship winners going to be standing Sorry. on the other side. I mean, but, Hey, what about the state of college football, man? I mean, it's something but, that would have been completely foreign to you 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. To, to think that, uh, your two-time starting Mike linebacker guy making your calls guy making your calls 
is going to be playing for Kentucky in the conference this year. So, uh, quarterback, you know, it, it, it make no mistake unless something crazy happens. Brock Vandergrift is going to be the guy there. Um, they're 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 gonna they're gonna get him going. He's already there and uh, heard good things. That doesn't surprise me. You know, the type of kid he is, and some of those things. So that is gonna be that is gonna. When when is that? What point of the season is that? We get week three. Week three. Yeah. Week man. three. Been say you getting that you getting November up there, boy. It it'll get it'll get frosty on you. It gets so. it gets it gets chilly, buddy. It gets yeah. chilly. And the funny thing is, you get to that stadium. It's the the press box is closed in one of the nicest press boxes in the SEC. But you're looking out there on the field. You've already walked in, and the wind's whipping, and it's like 27 degrees outside. And you look in there, it's like looking at an ice box because there's all that blue and white. And so okay. it, it it makes it look like you're looking out. I mean, the lighting's kind of weird. First game I ever covered there was the 2016 game when Georgia when Rodrigo Blankenship kind of burst onto the scene, made a name for himself with that little short kick, uh, yeah. fairly short kick that he made for the win, and. Uh, um, it's a, it's an interesting place, Kroger Field, no doubt about it. Um, but uh, I, the one thing I can't keep stop thinking about is the fact that you know Kirby has talked about uh, in the past, you know, um, quarterback competitions maybe making them a little bit more live. He'll never do it. I don't even know if he's really considering it. These guys have been going up against Brock Manigrif for a few years and and watching him run around on them out there with that threat of getting getting popped. They're gonna, they're gonna get a chance to tackle him a little finally bit. Finally get to tackle, finally get to tackle Brock. So uh yeah again, uh great kid, man. Great thing. Yeah, and, the, the, awesome, awesome. I heard the conversation between he and Kirby Smart when he sat in his office and you know, basically the final discussion was, you know, one of the it's pretty emotional on both sides and, and Kirby understands this is the way of the world now. And they certainly didn't want to lose him, but he kind of understood and he did everything right as a teammate, uh, very close with Brock. I think he lived with Brock Bowers and Chaz Chambliss and, um, Cass Jones, I think was at that household. So, um, you know, I, very, very close with Brock Bowers. So, you know, those guys are, um, you know, hung around and they were good teammates and Brock certainly, uh, Georgia fans will be pulling for him, except for one game this year. Yeah, I know the folks up at uh, up at Strickland's there in Bogart will definitely be pulling for him. I go there for breakfast all the time, and there's a few folks over there know about the site, know know who I am. And one guy grabbed me by the older fella grabbed me by the wrist. He goes, "Kentucky's number two. The other day, <laughs> whenever when I went in there, he said, "Kentucky's my number two now. We got to root for Brock." So he's got a yep. signed uh, he's got a signed Prince Avenue helmet there sitting in the in the restaurant. But I'm interested in that Kentucky game because. I mean, I think the Cats are going to be pretty good defensively. Um, yep. You know, they, they always are pretty good defensively. Um, playing up there is not easy, even though it's been a long time since Georgia lost up there. I believe last time Georgia lost there was 2006, if I'm not mistaken. Um, mm. I believe that's right. I could be wrong on that. But I know they lost to Kentucky in 2009 at home. or Yeah, 2009. To, yeah, 2009. So – um, just kind of looking at that game and thinking about it, I mean, Georgia beat the wheels off of them this year at Athens. Yep. It'll be interesting to see. Um, it'll be interesting to see kind of what those team two teams look like when the time comes around. Because again, we got spring portal, we got injuries during camp. Um, but you know, you know, Georgia will be favored in it. That's one thing we do know. I have a new center going against. Was it Deion Walker? That yeah. Day? After if they leave him in there like they that they should, they need to. I mean, they got to quit this defensive end experiment with him. The, oh, that yeah. he can wreak havoc if, yeah. if he plays inside the guards. Yeah, that dude, man. I was on the field before the game, and he walked by. I was like, "Oh my god!" And like this, 
You know, he looks like Jordan Davis. You know what I mean? He's that type of player and uh, need to be uh, – you can tell he needs to be a little better shape. And yeah. uh, I, I, bet you, I bet you that's the focus for him, like Jordan Davis got in that great shape as he as he went on through. And uh, for him, so uh, you, anyway, whoever's there, whoever lines up, most likely we're probably thinking Jared Wilson. Uh, Jared Wilson will that'll be a that'll be the first game he walks in. There's a there's a, a lot bigger man uh, in in front of you, and that's where you count on. You got Tate Ratledge and those guys beside you, experienced players. You know uh, Dylan Fairchild and Michael Morris and all those guys that'll be in there as well. Uh, potentially Xavier Trust. So you don't you don't block that man one on one too much in a game like that. Tell you what, man, um, he's a really good player. Um, but you look back at that game this past year, first play, first Georgia run play, they went right at him. Yeah. Tate Ratledge one on one moved him out of the box, and they went right at him. So uh, you know Georgia, Georgia will definitely be ready for that when they play well against Kentucky, and and it's going to be weird for that one to be early in the season. Not as weird as playing Auburn in September, but. But uh, it'll be a little bit weird to be playing that one at that point in the year. We'll be back with you on Sunday. Um, man, there's no football on this Sunday, which is kind of re- real that's, sad. That's um, impressive. Yeah, I mean, I guess maybe the Pro Bowl, but I don't even count that. It's a, that's, it's, that's, that's like recess now. Yeah, it is. It is. I, we probably played in tackle football games at recess that are more physical than uh, that game. I don't even know why they even have And that. I don't blame them. I, I don't blame I them one no, bit. There's no, there's no – yeah, I, I would – to me, I would probably take the, the the practice players from the AFC, and I take the practice players from the NFC. They're not in the playoffs, and I'd let them yeah. play that night. You know, Ooh, yeah, you know, take take the five put from me and put something on the line. You know, like winning team yeah, gets yeah. like winning team gets a million a player, or, or, or well, you don't they don't they get about a hundred thousand a year, so you double your salary. You know what I mean? Let the, yeah. and you don't think those practice players will be knocking the piss at each other. And you have some, some professional players playing. That would be great. Yeah. Nice to see Jake Fromm spin that thing around uh, <laughs> prime time, uh, Sunday night. You know, you would get football and you would get tackle football. No doubt. Yeah, I guess. And you think about this practice squad quarterbacks. I mean, if you, you kind of make a name for yourself as a backup quarterback, practice squad quarterback, man, you go five, six years without getting hit, without getting tackled. Ain't that crazy? It's just yeah. uh it's a guess good work if you can get it, man. It's good work if you can get it. But we'll be back with you on Sunday with no no football to cover, likely Sunday night. But we will be uh tuned into us on Twitter and we'll have you squared up there. And uh back with you again next week for Tuesday and Thursday, bark after dark on Monday. So y'all join us and uh have a great, great weekend. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. 
Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-427 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York.